discuss part five of our Rooted series. This week, Andy, Jonathan, and Anna continue our discussion on outreaching love. Enjoy. There's a portion of Psalm 103. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. But its place remembers it no its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. In a reading from Isaiah 61, just the first verse here. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. And we jumped into that verse because it connects to the main idea that Jonathan opened up for us last Sunday. We're looking at outreaching love. And so, Jonathan, maybe you could recap a little bit of your sermon that you can find at Table Radio Podcast or on Facebook. We also have um, a video of last week's gathering. So, Jonathan, take it away. All right. Well, I I feel like I said a lot of things last week, but I will try to boil it down. And essentially, uh, the beginning was about the fact that God does transform us, as we have been talking about last month, but that it's for a purpose. Um, It is to love God, to love each other, but also to love our neighbors. Uh, I, I like to use the fancy words glorification, edification, and mission. Uh, worshiping God, growing, being fed as disciples, but for the purpose of mission, of sharing that with others, that those things are not the end. Coming coming to church and gathering together is not our mission. It is to be equipped for mission. Um, but we also you know, have to recognize that that idea for most of us is challenging. It's intimidating. It's overwhelming. It's exhausting. You, you can have what we call mission fatigue. And, and some of us aren't interested in this. It's not just not what we consider to be our gifting or, or our thing. But God has asked us to do this, has commissioned us, really, has mm-hmm. commanded us commanded to us, do it, yeah. um, but also realizes that it's not all of our thing, it's difficult, all those things, and so he also offers us help mm-hmm. and sent the Holy Spirit, and that's even another one of our longings, is longing for the Spirit to work in us more. But I just wanted to acknowledge that we do have the Holy Spirit and that he does the heavy lifting um, we just have to sort of be present because this whole idea of mission and sharing the good news about Jesus's saving grace, love, what he's done for us 
it's so important. It's not just a, well, you know, maybe, maybe not. I'll see how I feel. It's, it's so important because we talked about the reality of, of death. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus came to save us from that, to offer us hope beyond death. And so in this world where, you know, we're all feeling just super flustered, it's, it's crazy times. We have to acknowledge, and, and Andy talked a, a while ago about how change is necessary. This is something that we need to share, that this change is possible. Mm-hmm. We need to share it with others, with the world. And we used to make the excuse that they don't want to hear it, but they need to hear it. Mm-hmm. And it might not be their thing, but change is possible. And, you know, if we share the hope that we have in Jesus, maybe, you know, there is hope that, that it can work. And so we can't be so averse to it. Yeah. Right. I, I really felt like in your sermon, you really painted it as a, a life and death issue. And we don't focus on that very often because we're not comfortable talking about what happens after death if you don't know Jesus. Yeah. We're not, com- that's pretty taboo in our society, right? To say there actually are really permanent consequences to not acknowledging Jesus during your temporal life. That's not a conversation we're very comfortable having with people, let alone anybody in the pew comfortable having with people. And it's not necessarily a very attractive thing to be leading with. But it is the truth, and I really loved you sharing that story of not one but two people that you had known and you had seen die, and you sort of being burdened by the consequent notion that do they know the Lord? Do they have God's peace in their heart? Have they, uh, as you talked, have they allowed the peace of Christ to come into their heart and, and acknowledge the love that God has for them? You know, that this good shepherd has gone out to seek and to save them. And um, yeah, that has become pretty taboo in church circles. I feel like especially over the last 20 years or so, we're not really comfortable talking about eternal consequences of our life's decisions. Uh, and yet that's really the truth that the Bible lays out for us. And you know, I think about all the dear people that have come to Christ. I mean, just two weeks ago, Josh and I were talking with Tina. Tina wouldn't be here if Laura hadn't reached out to her and said, hey, <laughs> lady in my biology class, I go to church. Do you want to come with me? Do you have some questions about Jesus? Like, if it's not for that sort of courageous step of putting yourself out there with people, um, people won't have the opportunity to know Jesus and to accept him. It's a great, a great example. Because I, if I remember, this is, uh, shoot, neither of them are here, so we can't fact check this. <laughs> but that would be a great interview, is to interview Tina and Laura together about yeah. that story. That'd be really cool. But from what I remember, I think Laura's just, uh, oh, just shared like that she went to, like it wasn't like it wasn't, nothing, yeah. like here, I need to share with this person these, you know, <laughs> the 10 points us. about whatever. <laughs> it was just a matter of fact, bringing bring some of her life into the conversation, sharing some life with someone who literally sat next to you. And I think that's some of the image of what you were getting at last week, Jonathan, was sharing what sharing the love that God has for us with other people is, is is maybe at its most basic boiled down. Um, And I think sometimes we maybe we overthink that with, with good things and good ideas and good intentions, but there are also sometimes things that, paralyze us or make us feel like, oh, I can't do that. I'm not mm-hmm. equipped to do that. When really, 
the first step that God is asking us to do is just share some of who we are, some of the, the goodness that God has given us with one another. And I've got three points, and I don't really know how to do them, so I might just, I'll just get start with one and see what you guys think about it. Great transition. Yeah. But number one, the, the, the thing that, the, the main idea that came to me after kind of hearing Jonathan's sermon last week and, and thinking through it and responding to it for myself is thank God for the first two roots that we explored, the word and the transforming faith, the, 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 the presence and power of God in Jesus through his words to us that equip us, that speak of his love for us, mm -hmm. that root us in that, and thank God that he is the one who's doing the transforming in us, that he is changing us from the inside out. Because all of the fear and anxiety and fatigue and the feelings of inadequacy that we can and do feel around outreaching love, I feel like the antidote, go back to those first two roots. Right. Yeah. Remind yourself of who you, of who who you are in Jesus, that we are, we are sons and daughters. We belong to a family no matter what. And, and that's, that's the stuff I think that God wants us to share with others. Not, not some super fancy intellectual argument, not, mm. not, you know, whatever a lot of us are conceiving. He wants us to share some of these basic, like, oh yeah, God cares about me. God mm. cares about us. And I can, and he wants me to bring other people into that kind of joy and that kind of relationship. Yeah, I think, um, as you say, it, it's and sort of what I was getting at last week is we do make these excuses, and I kind of feel like I threw down the gauntlet a little mm -hmm. bit. I might, might have come down a little hard, but... It was a gentle gauntlet. It was a gentle gauntlet, kid. <laughs> but, but at the same time, also, you know, highlighting the fact that, yeah, people in our community do already have a heart for this and a desire mm -hmm. to do this, and I gave some examples but even after preaching last week, I was encouraged that people were coming up and sort of saying not like, oh, you not just, you know, you made me think, but like, yes, I totally agree. Mm. And I feel strongly about this. And thank you for saying that. Mm -hmm. Cause, and that's great that people are in, a, in our community. We, we yeah. get it. And yeah. 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 I think it's just having the, the courage and the presence of mind to take those small steps with people when we have opportunity. So I sometimes feel pressure that I have to build a lot of um, personal trust and cachet with somebody before I could share about my faith. I feel like I have to like really, really invest. But as you say, the opportunity isn't always there. And, um, you know, I've been through the experience this year of losing a lot of people in my life. A lot of people I love have died. And your sermon was such a good reminder, Jonathan, to share when you have opportunity. Because <laughs> the opportunity isn't always going to be there for you or for them. Um, so I think that sense of urgency really is there. And I think especially during this time of pandemic, people are in need. People want to know. <laughs> they want to know the love of God. They want you to pray for them. They, they appreciate prayer. Um, so that's kind of my first my first mm -hmm. point, and then the second one was it, all, it also makes me go back to Psalm 1 and, um, you know, that the one who delights on the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day or night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. 
And we talk often about how trees don't eat their own fruit. We talk about that a lot. Um, that's kind of become a bit of a catchphrase for us. And so who is the fruit for, if not for others? Um, my love for Jesus and relationship with him is not only for my own consumption. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it's, it's to be given away to others um, so that they might bear fruit in their lives too. Yeah, and that's, uh, that connects with our, our reading from Isaiah 61, um, that this is really about a people that, that God is caring about, that God loves, that God wants to rescue, that God wants to transform. Um, this is Isaiah 61 that we read, and, and Jesus quotes this, uh, these verses in, in his sermon, in um, his first sermon in, in Luke's gospel, mm-hmm. and says, this is the, fulf- I'm, I'm fulfilling what Isaiah's talking about in this very sermon, because I'm here, I'm doing it, um, to bring good news to the poor, to bind up the broken heart, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. And it goes on from there. But it's this very collective, very communal, this is for a people. And I think there's a tremendous amount of freedom in that when we can stop being overly, and I know this is true for me, stop being overly obsessed about my own, um, my own, you know, living my best life, my self-actualization. This all has to be about, is, is this the best? Is this the best? The freedom to say, oh, it's not just about me. Yeah, God is changing me, but it's it's, this is for other people. How can I creatively bless my neighbors, bless mm. those around me that I work with, that I go to school with, that I actually live next door to, whatever the case may be. And there's just a tremendous, there's an amazing amount of freedom there, I think, that is untapped for a lot of us, yeah. especially in the, in, the, in the part of the world that we live in, in the time that we live in. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I agree. Um, as I said, this this is our commission. Uh, it's something God has commanded us to yeah. do, mm-hmm. but it's also our desire. And uh, but as you say, that can be daunting. But there is freedom in knowing that we're in it together. This is the call to to us as as God's people, um, and really that we can't do it by ourselves yeah. so stop being so guilt mm. feeling guilty about it we can only do it with god um you know he's the only one that can can help us in this mission mm-hmm. so i think we're gonna sing another song which Great. that was i got one more thing to say okay well, that was like a perfect segue. really it was the perfect <laughs> segue so i was like internally debating should i yeah. should i pull it back that's okay and now i've done it i've opened it right yeah. the last thing i wanted to say is i just the Jesus commission at the end of Matthew's gospel, go into all the world and make disciples, teaching them, baptizing them. Mm-hmm. And um, I know a lot of us has taught or preached on this passage before, and, and I'm guessing we've all mentioned this at some point, but the, the command to go there in, in the original language is, as you are going, do these things. Mm-hmm. And and Jesus promises his presence through his spirit. And you brought this up last week, Jonathan. And it just reminded me that a lot of times we don't get to experience the power of God's presence to us until we kind of make that step, hmm. right? To, to, to kind of make that step with our neighbor or with, with that person to open up to them and to, to share something with them of, our, yeah. of this life that we get in, in God. And so I think that's just an encouragement 
to, for those of us, and I include myself, where we feel a little bit anxious or like insecure, it's like just taking that one step to trust, okay, God, I'm counting on you to show up here because I'm going to take a little bit of a risk and, and share something with this person, something out of my life, out of the riches that you've given me in this relationship. So just wanted to end on that note. That was, back, to your, back to your segue. That was a good segue, too, is you just <laughs> drew it out better. So. Segue to segue. Listening to Table Radio, an extension of the life of the Table Church, a community in Victoria, BC. Our mission together is to love God, love each other, and to love and bless our neighbors so that we might see Christ revealed in common life. Music for this episode, written and arranged by Richard Charter. To learn more about our community, please go to tablechurch.ca.